Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, good evening, everybody. My name is Mary. I know that I look like someone else you know, but we're unrelated, I promise. I am Mary, and I met this guy named Saul, who you guys just heard about. But before I met Saul, I had heard about him. Before I met Saul, I was afraid of him. Because I know, know Saul, who eventually became Paul. And, and you might know Paul. He wrote some of the books in your Bible, and, and he, he loves God. But you might only know part of his story. And I, I had the really cool opportunity to, to meet Paul and to actually work with Paul when he was planting churches way back when the church was first beginning. I got to meet Paul. And, and I actually worked uh, at a church that he frequently visited and he, he preached at and he, and he sent letters to. And I, I got to know him. And, and I actually think that Paul's story is an important one for us to know and to tell. But in order to know Paul's whole story, we have to start at the beginning. Paul wasn't always Paul. So, so when Paul was known as Saul, he had a certain reputation. And that reputation was not a great one, especially among Christians who believed in Jesus. But even before that, Saul had grown up in this place called Tarsus. And, and he had grown up with a Jewish family, but they were also Roman citizens. And so that kind of presented, you know, this interesting world where there were these two big, you know, cultures and, and people groups kind of colliding into one household. But, but Paul, Saul was really committed to his family and to the Jews. And, and more than he was even committed to the people of the Jews, he was committed to the word of God. And, and Saul grew up, and he grew up learning the Torah. Does anybody know what the Torah is? The Torah is this book that, that we, we refer to it as the Torah, but you probably just know it as a bunch of different names for a bunch of different books. So in your Bible, if you were to flip it open and you were to turn to the first five books, you would see Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the Torah. That's what we call the Torah. And, and really, the Torah is, is the sum of all the, the words that God gave for us to follow. And, and it includes like laws and, and ways to live our lives, like ways to live our lives among other Jews, ways to live our lives among non-Jews, ways to sacrifice, ways to not sacrifice, a lot, of, a lot of different things. It was God's way of telling his people that they were gonna be set apart, that they were gonna be different, and this is how. That was the Torah. It was the story. It was, it was the beginning of God's work in his people, the Jewish people. And Saul loved the law. Saul actually, Saul actually was beginning to memorize the law. And, and as a kid, he, he probably knew more of the law than you know of all the songs that you could sing word for word back to back, okay? Like he knew it. He didn't just know it, like, like he understood how it should be lived out. 
or, or so he thought. And so as Saul grew up, Saul began to, to think like, this love for the law is actually because of my love for God who gave us the law. And how could I use what, what this law tells me? How could I use this law to serve God? And so Saul became a person who would, who would go city to city, house to house, and, and he would actually make sure that Jewish people were following this law. He gave them ways to follow the law. He, he was a part of a group of people who was in charge of making sure that this law was followed. And it got to the point when Saul became an adult, that a lot of Jewish people, me included, we actually, we believed in this man named Jesus. And we believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of that law that Saul loved. And we believed that that Jesus followed the law perfectly. And that that law was completed in Jesus. And Saul did not like that. Because what Saul saw as something that we had to carry out and do perfectly, we saw Jesus do perfectly. But Saul, he was so committed. And you know, he, he, he explained like, people don't understand the grace that the law is. The grace that gives us that we could actually know what God needs from us, what God wants from us through the law. And when these people came around and they, and they started talking about this guy named Jesus, he actually, he actually started to feel like he needed to defend God. He needed to defend the law because these people, it seemed like they were just dismissing it altogether. It seemed like they, were, they just didn't care about it all of a sudden. It seemed like this Jesus that they were talking about had somehow made the law pointless. So Saul, out of his love for God, continued to defend God and the law by imprisoning Christians, by, by killing Christians, by, by killing my friend Stephen a man who, who testified strongly and proudly for the work that Jesus had done on the cross. Saul was committed to the law and, and he didn't believe in Jesus. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high place and asked him for the letters of the synagogues in Damascus. So if he found any who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take him to prison as to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him to, on head to Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not drink or eat anything. Thank you.
So word gets back to, to me and, and the believers that Saul, this guy who we had literally been hiding from, had some encounter with Jesus. That Saul, the one who because of the law had killed people, had an encounter with my Jesus? I didn't believe it until I heard it from his mouth. I didn't believe that those, those rumors of a bright light and some weird encounter on this road to a city, literally that he was headed to, to imprison more Christians, could he have encountered Jesus? But, but Paul knew. Paul knew as soon as he encountered him. He knew that those followers of the way, they had been right. It was Paul who had been wrong. It was Paul who had missed the one the law was pointing to. It was Paul who had missed the one who had followed the, wall, the, the law perfectly. It's Paul who had missed the one who God had specifically appointed to save his people. And he hadn't just missed the one. He had rejoiced when that one was crucified on the cross. He had missed Jesus. And I'll never forget when I heard Paul tell his own story at our church because he will never forget that he missed Jesus, but Jesus did not miss him. Jesus didn't miss Paul. No, he met Paul on the road to Damascus in blinding lights. On his way to punish Christians, he encountered the way. He had heard the gospel before. He had refuted the gospel before. He had argued that that person that they were calling their king, that person that they were calling their savior was just another rebel leader. But this day was different. He had encountered the real God, Jesus himself. And it wasn't the kind of blindness that comes from confusion or darkness. It was the kind of blightness, lightness that comes from blinding lights, clarity and light and truth. Have you ever been so confronted with the truth that it's kind of glaring? Like it kind of hurts to look at? He was confronted with the truth. And I can't imagine... I can't imagine hearing the words from Jesus himself, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The sting of those words, the heart wrench of knowing that the one he was so faithfully waiting for, the one that he was so faithfully defending had been wronged in the process. We get the opportunity to join Paul in this story. 
we get the opportunity to know the whole story. To be invited in by people who have seen the light and been transformed by it. Every time I tell this story, I think about my story. Because my story is not the same as as Paul's story. And I would venture to guess your story is not the same as Paul's story. But there's a reason that this story is so powerful. Because even though our stories are different than Paul's, the Savior is the same. The one who changes us and transforms our lives from the inside out that makes dead things alive again is the same. The same God, actually, who gave the law in the Old Testament is the same God who sent his son to save you from your sin. And Paul recognized that. He was confronted with the truth, the reality, that he was an angry, violent, self-righteous man. And he needed a savior. And he, he wasn't like that anymore. He was transformed. He was different. He was changed. And, and I think about my own story. I have been angry. I have been selfish. I have, I have thought of myself first in most situations. And, and in the ones I probably wasn't thinking of myself first, I was probably doing it because I thought it would get me some sort of clout. I've used my words to hurt people instead of build them up. I needed transformed. And Jesus has transformed me. Jesus has brought me life. Just like he, he brought Paul life. I always think about the prayer that, that Saul heard Stephen pray. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. God answered that prayer through Jesus on the cross. And he had done that when Stephen prayed the prayer and Saul what. I just hadn't seen that yet. But the sins that Saul committed in, in the ignorance and in the anger and in, and, and in the self-righteousness and in the pride of his life is now only a testament to God's great kindness to him through Jesus. And that's true for you and for me. And I, I don't know what your story is. Maybe you care a lot about what people think about you. Maybe you care a lot about what, how people perceive you to be. Maybe you want to be the coolest person in the room. And maybe in order to be the coolest person in the room, you tell some lies. Maybe in order to be the person that, that people want to be around, you aren't your true self. Maybe in, in your story, you've had a lot of pain and you've gone through a lot of things that, that you shouldn't have to go through. But in, in, through all of that, you've found some ways to cope with that pain that's not super healthy and not super life-giving to you. You've found a way to just turn off your feelings rather than deal with them. Maybe in order to make yourself feel better about yourself, you talk poorly about other people. 
or you hope someone else does so you can nod. I don't know what your story is, but as I'm saying those things, a lot of those things sound like my story. And so while we don't all have the same story, we do have the same Savior. And if you haven't been encountered by Jesus, what I'm telling you is that he is, he is here. And the Bible says that he's just standing at your door knocking. He just, uh, he, he lives in a kingdom of asking and he wants permission to enter into your life and to transform it. And he, he's already done that through the cross. So let him in. See what, see what happens. See what changes. And let's worship him together today. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.